0: what it tastes like on the, on the bottle, right? You know, it might say like sweet cherries or, you know, toasted peanut butter or, you know, uh, black tar.
1: Hello, and welcome everyone to The Mashup. This is your place for all things Bourbon Talk. As always, we are your hosts, Michael, Anthony, and Steven. Hello, fellas. How are you? What's going on? Not doing What's too going on? Well, today, fellas, we are we are going to be opening up a bottle of Elijah Craig Small Batch.
2: And I will just say that I am very excited about this because it's been a long week, and I'm really looking forward to just uh, kicking back and having a nice uh, sip and uh, talking about this bourbon here so elijah craig small batch is a bourbon that you're going to find on the shelf in a lot of places it's got a very wide availability it's distilled by heaven hill Um, and the bottle we're drinking tonight we just picked up off the shelf last week Uh, it's a 2020 release for all intents and purposes but this bourbon has actually been elijah craig has been produced since the mid 80s And it used to carry a 12-year-old age statement. It does not carry that age statement anymore. It's actually non-age stated, but according to Heaven Hill's press release, when they took the age statement off, they still made sure we're getting a well-aged bourbon here. It's supposedly 8 to 12-year-old composite mixture, small-batch bourbon. And it's coming in at 47% alcohol, which is 94 proof um, ABV. The mash bill on this is a high-corn mash bill. Uh, from Heaven Hill, it's 78% corn, 12% malted barley, and 10% rye. It carries an MSRP of around $25, 26 And it is, again, like I told you guys, it's widely available. It's one that um, you won't struggle to find in a lot of places. And we're just excited to to dive right in here. So,
1: Yeah, once we figured out we were going to do this one for this week, I was actually pretty excited about it because... I see it all the time, but I've never had it. And the only experience I've had with Elijah Craig has been the um, the barrel proof. I don't know. I kind of had mixed reactions to that, so I'm I'm excited to see what, what the small batch can do.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to try it just from the simple fact that I've never had it before. Maybe uh, maybe it's because I got into bourbon with you know a different bottle that I like. Maybe it was the Weller, or the the Blantons, or maybe Elijah Craig's brothers, the Henry McKenna. So and I, that's really good. So if If I like that, then I would think I would like this. For some reason, I always just overlooked it on the shelf. Maybe just because it is always there, so you just kind of assume that it's not any good, or you you just see it so much, or you know that there's yeah, or you know that there's something else out there that you like better. Um, like Woodford or Makers, something else in the same price range that, that's always there. So maybe that's just what it is. It's just that when you see five or six things that are always there, you always just kind of overlook this one.
2: Yeah, I think so. And the other thing I was <laughs> going to say is uh, Heaven Hill has so many brands underneath its belt. When you're looking at their product line and a lot of things that they got going on, it's not hard to overlook any one thing or another because they just have so many different bourbons on the shelf. I mean, we, keep, we don't have to get into the whole brand portfolio here, but you know they have their own house labels, they got JTS Brown, they got Evan Williams, they got a whole lot of things that they do um, at Heaven Hill, and uh, Elijah Craig, though, definitely garners a lot of attention. And that's probably why I'm overlooking it, because I'm
0: staring across the counter here at bottles of Heaven Hill, Bottled and Bond, Evan Williams, Henry McKenna, I'm staring at all of those right now, and I like all of them, so I don't know why I've always just overlooked this one, maybe... Maybe it's because I like those, and I think I don't need a fourth one from them, you know. But um, I don't know. It's just it's interesting. I, I'm just looking at it now. We tried this, the Barrel Proof. It was okay, but it wasn't. You know, it wasn't overwhelming. Overwhelmingly great. So I'm excited. Let's give it a give it a shot. Other than the stupid lip at the mm-hmm. top of the bottle that makes it really hard to pour, but. <laughs> But um, yeah. this one is
1: definitely a better cap. It's solid. Oh, what solid, a, what wood, a
0: great cap. Solid I mean, wood with a cork. I mean, if we could show you a cap over a podcast, this thing is how you do it right here. I and, mean, they should give lessons in how to make caps. because great size.
1: Yeah. And speaking of Heaven Hill, the distillery, um, we have some things in, coming up soon that we've, we're going to be doing some flights. And one of them we're excited about is going to be a Heaven Hill flight. Absolutely. And, yeah, so definitely excited about that.
2: Yeah, I think that's going to be a fun one because when you – again, going back to say it one more time, that product line has so many different there, – there's so many different brands there that it will be interesting to taste them next to one another. But when you guys mentioned that bottle and how nice it is, it's interesting to note that if you do come across uh, in some markets the Elijah Craig, you won't see it in the bottle, that the modern bottle, because if you're lucky enough and you're out there hunting Dusties, you might be able to find this in the old bottle which looked considerably different, and I think it changed around 2016 or 17 when they redesigned this bottle, and it's in the bottle that we're looking at now, um, which is, uh, how would you guys describe the the shape of that? I'm not sure how I would describe it. I'm going to describe it as a pirate bottle. Okay, okay, that's good, and before it was more of like a squat bottle almost, um, the way that it looked, and you still see that in some places. I think I actually came across a 1.75 of the old style bottle recently and i'm kind of kicking myself that i didn't buy it but um, it wasn't age stated so people calm down it wasn't a 12 year age stated it was just the old style bottle but it wasn't age stated
0: i feel like this (laughs) should have if this was a smaller bottle it would have medicine in it you know it kind of looks like one of those Uh, yeah it does you know one of those old medicine bottles that you'd look at but i mean i guess it's medicine for somebody right now but (laughs) <laughs> during, Prohib- during prohibition
1: it was definitely there.
0: Right. There you go. All right. Well, let's uh check it out, right? It's
1: definitely got a nice um, middle amber color, I would I would say.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, I see some amber hues to it. I also would say if you took and this could be a stretch, but if you took a penny, if you have a penny around and you put it next to it, I think there's a little bit of a copper color overall to it maybe Um, yeah. I don't know we're looking at it under you know look at it under different light but I think that I see the amber and copper color to it very nice though very rich looking Mm -hmm. color
1: and just it's very almost creamy you know like you say creamy rich just notes right off the bat I mean, for $25
0: $25 or $26, the fact that it's still 8 to 12 years is a really
2: good deal, I think. Yeah, I agree with you, and you can smell what Stephen's mentioning as well, that complexity. And when I say complexity, you know, when you have bourbon that's not aged very well, the first thing when you stick your nose into glass is you tend to smell alcohol. With this, you stick your nose in, the first thing I smell is almost like a, I don't want to call it like a, a wet oak. But, like, in a good way, like a well aged oak and almost like a nut smell to it, and I don't know what you guys think, but you definitely you can definitely tell this has age to it uh, versus younger <laughs> bourbons when you taste them. they definitely have a lot more ethanol. no I definitely I definitely think that you know you mentioned it wasn't age
1: dated, but you know it's eight to twelve years. We'll see how that that comes through when we taste it, but on the notes the notes are starting to become all over the place with a well aged bourbon. I mean, we're getting yeah. you have your standard, you know, vanilla, caramel. But then it starts rolling into, you know, I'm getting chocolate. I'm getting saltwater taffy, cotton candy. I'm getting some of the oh, sweet yeah. notes from the
0: corn. I'm getting chlorine, but maybe that's because we went swimming earlier tonight. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's helping my nostrils to uh to get a better they're cleaned uh, out. They're all cleaned out now
2: after the swim. Now, you know, but I,
0: I do get there pe- you go. Uh, peanuts, chocolate.
2: I am Pick picking up a caramel, maybe I just built myself a snickers but it's pretty good yeah i I agree definitely got the candy and the mixture of the classic bourbon flavors in there it's a it's delightful nose i mean really
1: and like you said $25 mid-20s and has this much this much to offer in the nose it's a lot different than some of the other bottles we tried so far all right here we go sip one i guess Mm. pretty smooth it's very smooth finish is still going it's got a nice finish
0: the ninety-four proof kind of yeah. gets to me. I guess just it's just interesting that they that they chose ninety-four. I have no idea why. Vers- versus what? I mean, just seems like if you are that low, most people just typ- typically go with like ninety. You know, I don't know ninety, and then you see a hundred. I don't know. Maybe maybe I am wrong on that, but I mean, I appreciate the extra our- the extra alcohol in it.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, like, I am saying. Like higher proof, I appreciate it. What's interesting about this is you definitely get stuff we were smelling translates to the palate, but. It definitely, you can it, it. You can tell that it, it's ninety-four proof. Um, if that makes sense, it's not. It's smooth, but it also does bite you a little bit.
0: Right. Oh yeah, it's
2: got more bite than the ninety-proof Weller that we tried, right, in a previous episode. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we've all had Blantons, even though we might review it at some point in time. Um, that's punching at what ninety-three, and this definitely. You can tell you're drinking this versus drinking something like that. No disrespect to uh, this that we're drinking because it's definitely not bad at all.
1: Speaking of proof, that's something that, you know, when we began, we didn't really dive into the super hot, you know, low 100s proof up because it was hot in the beginning. But I'm starting to really enjoy the, the higher proof bottles. They allow so much more flavor and, and nose to come through. That's really enjoyable. What?
2: You know what's interesting, and I want to ask both of you guys this because you both t- said that you've never had this before. I've had it on occasion, and I had it when it was 12 year age stated, but I'm also sort of collecting the verticals of the barrel proof that's offered uh, three times a year. And that's a 12 year age stated, comes out at various proofs 120. I think the lowest one I have might be 120, and the highest one I have is like 138 or something crazy like that. What do you think about that in comparison to to this, the entry level one that's still carrying, we know, an eight to twelve year old sort of age to it, but obviously is ninety four proof versus the barrel because you guys said to you the barrel was a little bit, you know, all over the place, and so I'm wondering what you guys think about that because that's an important point, right? You know, for people that are maybe new to the category or don't really know what they want. I just think that it would be interesting to talk a little bit about that. Well, when we tried the the barrel proof, it was just a lot of a lot of oak that came through.
0: Is that what you, how you felt, Michael? Yeah, I agree. I'm, and I still don't love a lot of proof, high proof. They do have a lot of flavor to them, but I just don't love a lot of them. Does it burn or not? That's kind of the way I, I look at it. And if if it still burns, I still don't really love it. And so, well, when we drink that that Russell's that Russell's uh, single, oh sure, that's yeah. one
1: ten. And that, yeah. that's great.
0: But somewhere between one ten and maybe one twenty five or so, something I mean, something things gets, change. Something gets hot. Yeah, you know, like for yeah. for me at least, I don't know why. I really like this. That's what prior to recording, we were talking about how much how much we like this a lot better than we did the the other one. I, maybe a, we just need to revisit the other one.
2: I will tell you guys that for me, this bourbon. When I first moved to Kentucky, and I had to take a bourbon somewhere to a party. Or buy one for somebody that, for example, my buddy's birthday, I always went and grabbed this because it always was around this price, 25 bucks, maybe even lower, 20 to 25 bucks. And it carried a 12 year age statement. And to me, there was really nothing better on the shelf at the time in that category. And so when they took the age statement away, I did get a little bit, I don't know, the little bourbon tater came out in me a little bit. And I was like, why are you taking the age statement away? It's going to negatively impact it. But I think in some ways that, this is just as good as that original product that I came to love—the twelve-year-old one.
0: Yeah, I think it's um, it's good. Like I, I just, I really, I really like it. There's just been no explanation to why I passed it up. I guess other than it got lost in the twenty-five-dollar bottles, and that's what happened. Um, yeah. I don't know whose fault that is. Whether that's my fault for over for passing it over. Or their fault for not making it stand out, or what?
2: But. What about the? Uh, what do you guys think about the uh, the statement on the bottle that Elijah Craig is the father of bourbon? I think that you know Buffalo Trace, E.H. Taylor might have something to say about that, right? You know, they, they're always calling E.H. Taylor the father of bourbon. So, where the heck where the heck do you think that came from? You know, where's the mother of bourbon at, right? I mean, are they going to produce something else, or what's it's going on here?
0: Mrs. Craig's bottle, right? Does she have a bottle? Because I mean. <laughs> You know, it's a it's a blend. It's, it's a blend of, well, I guess, the the blend of Elijah Craig and Mrs. Craig would be the uh, son of Bourbon, right? So
2: <laughs> that wouldn't be that wouldn't be right. But I'm telling you right now, if 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 Heaven Hill, you know, releases something that says "Son of Bourbon," uh, you know, then we're going to have to come after them. I,
0: I feel like <laughs> I feel like every company has some kind of line about their distillery or. Being the father or the first or something, and no one really knows. I mean, Buffalo Trace says they're the longest running distillery, and this one is the oldest one, and that one is the first one, and nobody really knows. And I don't because they've all changed names a hundred times, and then they've gotten shut down, and they've closed, and they've opened back up, and somebody's bought them, and I don't know. Well, is, it, is it good or not? That's all I care about. I don't really care a lot about history, so. Could, As it, could, coming yeah. from a history teacher too, so <laughs> could it could it be that do we
1: know what their does it sound weird do we know what their tax tax ID number is
2: oh you mean like the DSP yeah well uh, it's on the bottle is it on the bottle right there I don't even know I'm not familiar with it are they are they DSP one I don't think so
0: I don't see it yeah, I don't see it either I mean I thought it's it was I thought it was one I thought Stephen and I looked this up the other day but it was one. We, we could be wrong
2: I thought. Not Elijah Craig itself, but Heaven Hill. Heaven Hill is DSP one, but again, in terms of who's produced bourbon, when they're producing it, I don't think that that's. Uh, I think that's that's contested history, right? As we learned from years past with Nickters and other brands that have tried to really embellish their histories, they've oftentimes ended up, I don't know, having some explaining to do, to say the least. The one thing that's refreshing about this. Is if you want a bottle of Elijah Craig, you don't have to pay secondary for it. Just go buy it; it's on the shelf. I just think if you're going to entertain somewhere, or if you're just looking for a regular, solid, everyday drinker, I want to say every day. I mean, every other day or every three days in moderation. Yeah, we're not we're not, uh, um,
0: we're not condoning drinking every day.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I would definitely buy this one. I think it's uh, it's good for that for sure.
0: Looks good to me. I've I, I've been impressed. Yeah, I'm happy I'm happy, happy we, with it. Yeah, yeah, happy we tried it. Happy we tried it. I'm I wouldn't say I'm impressed. I mean, No, no, I mean, but I didn't have I mean, it's, it
1: it could definitely be a a daily drinker. And every other day. Or I mean, yeah. Cuz it's not expensive and it drinks well. So, with that, fellas, would you pass, try, or buy?
2: Um, I'm going to go first on this one and this is really difficult for me. But I'm going to say that I would pass. And the only reason I'm going to pass is because Heaven Hill has been doing some voodoo magic on us, I feel like, as of late. And what I mean by voodoo magic is they have so many brands that are bottle and bond that are anywhere from four to, you know, ten years old with McKenna. And then they started pulling all those brands back, and they did it in a very strategic way so that they could... I don't want to say remarket or replace their bourbons because they were all moderately priced. But I feel like when I know that and I have other things like JTS Brown, which is a four-year-old bottle and bond. And it's like, it's a heaven Hill product, but it costs 10 bucks, 12 bucks. I'm going to hold off on the heaven Hill as pleasing as it is on the Elijah Craig, just because I, I feel like there are other things that they produce that I would much rather have at a price point. that's much lower. So Um, I will take this to a party, I will give it to a friend, but in terms of having it on my shelf every day, I'm going to pass.
0: And I would go with try. Um, I think it's one that I'm happy I tried, but for the same reasons I've been talking about is that there's a lot of other ones in the same price range that I know I like. What are those? Well, I would say I like Maker's, I like Woodford.
1: See, I I think this is actually a little bit easier drinker than, especially Maker's. And I think it's a little bit easier than Woodford. Well, I think you have a
0: terrible opinion, but that's (laughs) why we try it. But
2: I mean, but if I were at
0: a restaurant or a bar restaurant, I'd say a restaurant, you know, we're sitting down to dinner and I'm looking to get a pour of something that I don't want to spend a whole lot of money on. Buffalo Trace is another one that would be in that same category. I would probably buy this with my dinner because I know it's not going to be more than seven or eight bucks. As for a for a pour of it, and I feel like that's about what it's worth. I wouldn't buy a whole bottle of it just because I got too much else at the same, same price range. That's just me. So I guess a long way of saying that is that was the long way of saying I will try it.
1: Well, like I said, comparing it to the Makers or Woodford, I think it drinks better. I think it drinks better. And I have two bottles of Woodford just sitting here. I think I would just buy it. You can get it relatively easy. It's inexpensive. And I've enjoyed... I've enjoyed the experience, especially for, you know, something that's 8 to 12 years. It's hard to pass up.
2: Yeah, I mean, and here you go. Like, you got the three of us just dis, disagreeing, but just saying different things. And I think it just depends on what you're looking for I'm out of the bourbon. But, I mean, if you – here's the thing. Here's the beauty of a product like this. If you're just coming to the category, something like this is just unbelievable. I mean it really is something that you could buy and be impressed with and rightfully so. It's a great product. But um, it's not to me where I'm at. I I look at it a little bit differently and I say pass. But then I'm, on the other hand, I'm saying things like, oh, yeah, but I'll take it to a party or I'll give it (laughs) to a friend as a gift. So really am I saying pass? I don't know. (laughs) Well, think
0: about like – what Heaven Hill is doing, or Elijah Craig is doing here, I think about a buddy of mine that I think this was probably one of the first ones that he really tried when he got into bourbon, and he liked it. And so his next step was, okay, I like that. Now I'm going to try to find the barrel proof. Or his next step was, um, I'm going to try to find the Henry McKenna. So yeah. Heaven Hill like kind of reels you in with a pretty good one at a pretty good price. And then... Yeah. And then they say, okay, well, if you like that one, why don't you take, why don't you spend 10 more bucks and get something else, right? You know, and so now all of a sudden you've tried, you've bought three of their bottles um, because you like the one, you know? And, uh, well, I mean, this could be another topic, but some of those are single barrel. Some of them are, yeah.
1: I've had some fantastic McKenna 10 years, but my current bottle, let's just say, not fantastic.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it's not hard to find single barrels of these that are barrel picks or store picks, there's lots of people put those out pretty regularly. Um, some of them go yeah. as high as like 12 years. So I would probably buy one of those. Let's just say that. If I saw a, a, a small a, batch pick or a single yeah, pick? The, no, the, the small batch. Small batch pick. Which I yeah, think it's no, still, and, it becomes a single it,
2: barrel, right, I think. But oh, that's true. Yeah, it does. Yeah. But so, Yeah, here in Lexington. Um, it's only like $5 we,
0: more like that, something like that. You know, I, I do that.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, if you're if you're in Lexington, it's not uncommon to like visit places like Liquor Barn and Total Wine and see a Elijah Craig single barrel pick. And it'll be bottled at ninety four proof, but it will definitely be a single barrel, you know, however that many, hundred and eighty bottles, two hundred bottles. And um if you look at where Heaven Hill's positioning, and again, I'm not talking about their brand, but if you're looking at Elijah Craig That's where they're doing a lot of good expansion right now. They have the barrel-proof. they got rye offerings. They have the toasted barrel. If you go to the distillery, they have the little grenades, which are Elijah Craig barrel-proof selects. So they have a lot of different stuff going on with this particular line. And as the entry-level bourbon, I mean, obviously, like Michael said, this is something that if you have it, and Stephen also said that you're going to look at the other line. So, yeah, I agree.
1: Anthony, can you explain what a pick is for those that may not know?
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. So if people are going to Heaven Hill to do a pick for Elijah Craig, for example, there's a certain number of barrels that are set aside. I'm not sure exactly how Heaven Hill does their barrel program. If people were to visit there to pick Elijah Craig, they might have three to six barrels set out for them. They would taste from those barrels or taste from sample bottles of those barrels. They're usually coming in at a higher proof than what they're bottled at but people will taste those they usually bring a couple buddies along with them and then they'll select whatever one they think is best then heaven hill will proof it down to 94 and they will send it out uh to wherever that pick is made so obviously it could be a retail store it could be a small one a big one sometimes it could be an independent group like we're a part of uh Lexington Bourbon Followers, which is a Facebook group, and they actually have an Elijah Craig barrel pick coming in actually pretty soon, which I'm hoping to get my hands on because I'm really interested to try it. But again, um, that's where you actually go into the distillery and picking a single barrel of bourbon, and sometimes it's bottled at cast strength, and most of the times it's proofed down to whatever it is. So in this case, it would be proofed down to 94, regardless of whatever proof it was at when they picked it. So you're putting
0: a lot of faith in somebody you don't know to pick make a good decision for your you know hopefully it's somebody you trust to make a decision for your store or your restaurant right that they're gonna pick the one that's good because if you pick something terrible you know you pick out a barrel that just you think tastes good but everybody else thinks tastes awful you're gonna end up stuck with a bunch of bottles right
2: oh heck yeah I mean hey I mean You've seen how many people are doing barrel picks here. Like, just for those who don't know, like, we're in Lexington, Kentucky, right? We're in the back door. We're right next to all the bourbon being made, uh, where most of it's made in the entire world, right? I mean, I know that there's a lot of craft and a lot of things going on, but most of the brands that people follow are here. And so that also means that we have a ton of people that are doing barrel picks. And sometimes those barrel picks turn out good, and sometimes they don't. I remember being in a liquor barn one time, and they had four different Elijah Craig single barrel picks of this particular stuff we're drinking tonight. And it was funny. People were going through the shelf trying to figure out which one they wanted. But, I mean, really, how do they even know, right? They aren't there. They don't know what where they were picked from, from the Rick House and everything else. So, yeah, that really does mean a lot. Who picks it? You're placing a lot of faith in the people who are picking those barrels to know what they're doing. Unfortunately, in today's market, people just buy it because it's, it's a store pick. <laughs> so
1: And they can go for uh, more money on secondary or in trading groups. If there's a bottle with a specific store pick sticker, they're known for picking good barrels.
2: Yeah, 100%. That happens all the time. And I mean, I don't know that I've ever seen Elijah Craig ones go for that high. But I mean, even the stores will upcharge to 35 $40 a bottle the same stuff that we're drinking now because it's single barrel well yeah you
0: got to pay for their expenses to get down to the distillery right you're you're (laughs) you're helping cover the cost of what they cost them but seriously you can see like on some of them you mentioned that at at liquor barn where there's three or four different ones and i see it with with other uh brands sometimes they try to explain what it tastes like on the on the bottle right you know it might say like sweet cherries or you know toasted peanut butter or black tar whatever it is yeah (laughs) So Ash, what if, what if you, um, if I could name this bottle right here, I would, I guess I can't name it at Snickers cause then Snickers would probably sue us. Right. So do doesn't want to be associated with, with alcohol, but I would call it the, uh, <laughs> it satisfies my hunger cause it's got the little bit of saltiness the the peanut it's got the sweet caramel and the chocolate, you know, how much for do
1: sure. these, um,
2: Anthony, how much do these, um,
1: these bourbon picks cost only for a store
2: or for a group? Are you talking about, like, the the raw cost of the barrel?
1: When a group goes to make a pick, they have to purchase the entire barrel, correct? Yeah, absolutely. And that could be, what, 160, 240 bottles?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. The the actual barrel itself is is well into the thousands, and that's why you will see price points following. I mean, no group that picks a barrel is going to lose money on that barrel if it all possible. You know, just to give you an idea, I mean, I'm not a expert or anything like that, but I don't think that you get a barrel of Elijah Craig for anything less than, you know, five, six, seven grand. I mean, a barrel of well-aged bourbon right now is a very hot commodity. <laughs> there will be no, it'll cost you a lot of money. So, it doesn't matter if it's coming from Tennessee, Indiana, Kentucky, or somewhere else. If it's well-aged bourbon, it's going to cost you quite a bit of money. Well, there's
0: some people losing some money on some Knob Creek rye bottles because I go to some places, and the same bottle has been sitting there. There's a stack of them that have and been sitting dust. there for like five years. Yeah, and there's dust know? on them. So sometimes I think maybe they've oversaturated the market yeah. with some of those.
1: Um, That's definitely the probably the one pick I see everywhere. Even we're in Florida – Yeah, they had they had they had a nine year pick, I think. Right. And uh, I mean, every every liquor store has a pick of Knob Creek.
2: Well, and I will just say this, if you look at in Kentucky, who has the most bourbon aging, I bet you Heaven Hill has got to be close to number one, if not, you know, Jim Beam being second they just got a lot of bourbon aging so stores are in those barrel programs and they're paying for certain tiers and things like that then they might not be paying as much as say a local bourbon group that's just trying to get their hands on a, on a barrel to sell to their you know friends and family
0: sounds good anthony did you see uh anything good on the facebook groups this week that seemed interesting to you any new bottles anything any new trends
2: not Here's, really. All I here, all i seeing is uh, prices of certain bourbons go through the roof. That's what I was going to so, say.
0: Here's what I'm seeing is the prices are going up, and I'm assuming it's because people got their stimulus checks and they're spending the money, right? They're, they got they see the opportunity to to buy something that maybe they never get to buy in their in their area, and everybody wants them wellers, right? So they got to go get them.
2: Yeah, I think it's that, and I think it's a little bit of uh, FOMO, right? So people got this big fear of missing out, and if something is supposed to be $400 last year, but this year it's $600, if they just entered the category, they're not worried about it. They're just going to buy it. So it's actually kind of – it sucks for for people like us that have followed this a little while and kind of know what's going on. We see these prices going up, and is it going to stop? We've all asked each other, is it ever going to stop? And it doesn't seem like it's stopping. It just seems like it's getting more out of control. Even like uh, the raffles and fireballs and everything else, like some of the valuations I'm seeing on there are just out of control. It's like, you know, hey, I got this, uh, you know, well foolproof pick and I'm going to have 30, $30 a slot and there's 20 entries. It's like, what? Yes, <laughs> I do know the math on that. That doesn't with, really add up, right? <laughs> doesn't add up. Half the time it doesn't add up. And I look at it and I'm like, man, I would have entered this, but it's kind of crazy.
1: Well, with that, thanks for listening to this week's edition Please like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TheMashUpKY. Also, let us know your thoughts on this bottle in the comment section. Until next time, keep it neat.